live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, the Jacks got everything they wanted at the end of the game against the New York Jets. A chance to win their franchise quarterback with the football in his hands. A minute 47 to go on the clock. One timeout. And they couldn't get it done. They get it all the way down to the one-yard line, get everybody excited, and then inexplicably can't pull it off. And the Jaguars lose again. They have clinched the top five pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, I think they might have just clinched the top overall pick because I don't see this football team beating the Patriots or the Colts. And so the Jags are going to be locked in for back-to-back years, it looks like, as the uh, number one overall pick in the NFL draft. We'll talk about this past year's number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, against Wilson. Would you change things up after what you saw yesterday? Did Wilson impress? Did Trevor impress? Uh, although he couldn't pull it out in the end, and now he has one touchdown in the last eight football games, uh, which seems unfathomable, but there are a bunch of different stats out there. Uh, 280 passing attempts, I think uh, it is, and also seven games this year where he's had zero touchdowns and zero interceptions, like first time that's happened since 1950. (laughs) That's crazy. But he made some big-time plays yesterday, put him in a position, and then everything fell apart uh, there at the end. I want to go over the final 147. We open the phone lines up as we always do, but I figured you might have some thoughts on this game, how it finished, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, the Jags as a whole, and what do they do going forward? We'll talk about it from 3 to 6 here today. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. No Austin Lane this week. He is out of town, up with some family, and uh, I'll be with you along with Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. Casey Kurtz, hope you had a good uh, Christmas, man, and happy last week of 2021. The football season can't end fast enough. It really can't. No, it really can't. The, the fantasy football season can keep going, though, oh. right, Brent? Oh, maybe I need a big day out of Kamara. Now, listen, I can't complain. I'd like to complain a little bit. My team is so good all year, and then just really, I mean, just not clutch. Yeah, tough I mean, way to go from, out. From George Kittle to others, just not clutch. It was just a bad performance. But that being said, if I could have just had, like, a close game last night, I wonder how much Amari Cooper could have put up and threatened tonight. But I got Alvin Kamara left, and he's going to have to go off for, like, a record-setting day uh, for me to beat you, and you're going to have to have a bad game from Tua. Well, so. that's first of all, the bad game from Tua, Tua is reasonable, but I'll tell you right now, if there's one person that I didn't want to be playing in this situation is Kamara because he's been known to go off. He hasn't done it yet this year to a point where he scores 30-something points, so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sweating it a little bit, but uh, as for actual football, yeah, it can just... We can wrap it up. We could wrap it up today, to be honest, and, you know, we'll figure out something else to talk about. I think there's basketball on. Well, doesn't it feel like the season kind of ended uh, yesterday in New York? Because, again, the Patriots are up next. They're playing for a lot. They're going to smoke the Jags. The Jags are just not the same class as the Patriots or the Colts. So uh, it feels like it did end yesterday, that last chance to maybe uh, get a W. And, again, just the most Jags way of losing the game in so many different respects, back-to-back weeks on special teams. Special teams is just a, a disaster for this franchise right now. Uh, then the defense allows 273 yards rushing to the New York Jets. The Jets. Yeah, That's tough. the most rushing yards all season long in the NFL, and the Jets just did that to a team that was trying to stop the run as priority number one 
all year long. That's got to be disappointing for Joe Cullen, who I think at times has done a good job. His defense did not yesterday. They can't get turnovers. They had two opportunities yesterday to really get their hands on a football, and Damian Wilson missed it. Uh, so did Chase on. I mean, those were two gimme picks as well, and, and they couldn't get it. They just can't make plays. You watch like a play like the Marcus Lawrence makes last night for the Cowboys. That was not a gimme pick, and he makes it and pick sixes it. The Jags get it right in their hands. I mean, you almost have to get – they almost gave it to the Jags, and they still can't get it done. So a lot of problems in this football game. I also think there was a lot of good to talk about. There were some good plays, and I asked on social media earlier today, I said, listen, we're going to go negative today. You have to. I mean, this, this, this team is infuriating right now. I get it. But, and you can continue to do this either on social media or on, uh, uh, give us a call at 904-362-9901 throughout the show. You can voice your negativity if you want about what went wrong, but maybe give me a play or two or just a play that you thought went right because there were some moments in that game where it was like, hey, that was pretty good play. That was good stuff. Like, I don't think we can dismiss that, especially for a team that just hasn't had many of those. And I understand you got to couch it. It's against the Jets, but uh, it still happened. And, and this is a franchise looking for any positivity. This is a radio host looking for any positivity around here, okay, as we enter the new year in 2022. But we have to start with the end, Casey. Casey, yeah. 147 to go. A timeout. And the drive gets off to a good start, man. Tavon Austin, nice little pickup, good throw, good route, good scheme. And that's what you got to do. I mean, I thought, hey, here we go, right? 26-21, chance to go win the game. It's like the third time uh, Trevor's had a chance to do this. Got off to a pretty good start. I mean, as good as you can imagine for as many times as people aren't open or run the wrong routes and they actually caught the football, the throw was correct. I mean, almost a perfect scenario that you just didn't see coming. Yeah, it was a fantastic scenario. And so they do that. And, um, well, then after that, they the big play here is second and two at midfield. And Trevor Lawrence throws it to James O'Shaughnessy for seven yards. But he's injured during the play, and by rule, because he was injured, you have to call a timeout, and that was the last timeout the Jags had. Now, still plenty of times, like a minute 13 left at midfield, so plenty of time, but it ends up, as we go back in hindsight, that play costs them. And you juxtapose that from O'Shaughnessy. And again, these guys are tough. They're, they get hurt. He ran off the field, though. You're like, oh, my gosh, could he have gotten up or something? to get off the field and it reminds me of like remember Hearns a few years ago like crawling off the field yeah, yeah. in a situation where it would have hurt the Jags if he stayed down and again James is on the other sideline so um, it just it, it ran through my mind like this is what happens if you go make a good play Alan Hearns or if you go make a winning drive Alan Hearns crawls off this to the sideline this one it hurts the Jags because they have to burn a timeout and that turned out to be a killer play well, yeah, for more reasons than one. Obviously, you got somebody hurt. But I wonder, in that scenario, you, you hate to lose the timeout, but how long do you think it takes to get across the field? Like, do you think it, it balances out if he can't get up? Like, if it's a really slow hobble? Yeah, it could be. I mean, maybe they do burn some time, but that timeout's so valuable. And it, it turned out to be really valuable um, uh, as well for the Jags. So, you know... Okay, so we set that up. Now they got nothing. And then here's bonehead play number one in everybody's opinion. And I appreciate Daryl Bevel defending Brian Schottenheimer and saying, hey, he's not going to second-guess it, and that's a play you can pop. And while I understand it, and, and, yeah, you can argue for it, 
but you really have no defense of it if you have no timeouts and it doesn't work. And it had to work in a big way. I'm not talking like a five-yard or eight-yard gain. Like, it had to really work. The time is more valuable than yards in that situation. And they ran the football with no timeouts left. I mean, that's how you botch these situations. And we all said it at the moment it happened. Like, why are you running the football? I couldn't believe they ran the football, Casey. Yeah, I couldn't either. Watching it on TV, obviously, you have a different view. So when it, I thought it was going to be an RPO. So I kind of like looked away from Trevor and the running back, and I was like looking to see who was going to be open. And then that's when I realized it was not, and they were running the football. And then I thought, well, Jags. That's the only thing that I was like, no other team would do this in this situation, especially with your third string running back at this point. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could pop one in theory, but I could also win the lottery. Yeah, and by the way, like, again, I, want, I think it's crystal clear here that that was a mistake. I also think it's crystal clear that Daryl Bevel was doing something that Urban Meyer wouldn't do early in the year, and that's defend his, his coaches. Right. You know, and, and that's a lot what's going on here, and that's why it's hard to exactly know what is going on because I think Bevel even later on either defended the coaches or the quarterback or, or what happens on the final few plays of this football game. Uh, so, you know, credit to him. That's what coaches do. The bottom line is that was a bad move. It was a bad move, one, because it didn't work. It was a bad move right from the get-go uh, in, in most everybody's opinion. Second and 10 at the New York Jets, 31 now. And uh, the 26-yard run down to the five-yard line. All right, I want to dissect this play a little bit. All right. There's some people that think, and even Trevor wondered himself in postgame, should I have cut it back in? Now, I think Trevor made the right move. If you go back and watch that play, he's actually slowing up at, like, the nine-yard line. And he's got such long strides that he's able to get it out at, like, the five-yard line with the football. And the defender slows up. If he cuts it back in, the defender goes full speed. There's another defender near the goal line. I don't think there's a chance he gets in. He might get down to the three- or two-yard line. But now we're talking about potentially a bonehead play by the quarterback of not going out of bounds and running more clock. He's also in the dog pile there, so he has to get back up, get the play call, get over the line of scrimmage, and probably spike it then on first down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when just watching the play, like, like you said, I at no point in time thought or even considered that he should have cut it up. Now, granted, you only have the one view on TV, so like, I don't, I don't know what it would have looked like if he would have cut the other way, but I thought when when I saw like the seven yard line like you said you said the nine I'm, I'm thinking the seven where he starts slowing up and it's obvious he's going out of bounds at that point you can't stay in bounds because not only are like you said you're on the bottom of the pile you have to get the ball spotted your offensive linemen are still back down the field they got to come up it, it's going to take way too much time so I think going out of bounds that is absolutely the right play because you're not getting from the seven or the nine or wherever into the end zone on momentum alone well and what I hate to do see I always try to think of these plays in real time like how are you reacting in real time and listen, at this stage, after they had run the ball, after they had burned the timeout because of the injury, anybody in their mother would take first and goal at the five with 32 seconds left. So let's not get too greedy here. Yeah, right? and the clock I mean, stopped. Yeah, and the clock stopped. The, the, the QB just ran for 26 yards on a nice run uh, and showed his mobility, and that's what, what this kid can bring in. And, and so you're set up perfectly. And now it gets to the point where, one, I think the team panics. And I say team. Maybe Trevor did. Things sped up. Maybe the team did in terms of who was out there personnel-wise. And I think absolutely, and not the first time this year, the coaching staff 
things get sped up instead of slowed down. And they're the ones that are supposed to slow it down. That's why I criticize his staff. And i got to be honest with you, folks. If you've been listening to me for years and years, I'm like the last person to jump on the coaching staff. I've really had a hard time not jumping on the coaching staff at times this year. I just think it screams out that they're, they're, they're not doing the best that they could, especially for a young quarterback. And so things it's like you hit the panic button. And this has been a problem area for the Jags, not just this time. If you go all the way back throughout the year from the Carlos Hyde fumble to the uh, Trevor getting stonewalled to earlier in the game where they had to kick, even though they had first and goal at the two after interference, their play calling inside the 20 and specifically inside the 10 has been atrocious all year long. There's no way you can deny it. It's been bad. They, they don't execute well there. I don't think they scheme well there. I, I, it's like they freeze. And, and a lot of people say, well, Bevel, that's his M.O., you know, because of what happened in, in Seattle. All right, the Seattle play was one play. I'm giving you like five or six instances of now different play callers, too, having trouble with this part of the field. Now, is that the young quarterback potentially? Because things get tight for a young QB in the league, in the red zone, absolutely. Is it lack of talent? Possibly. But I think it's also coaching. And... First down, it's a whatever play. Uh, they throw it to Agumba while he's double covered. It was a good incomplete pass. You didn't have to try to get it down to the one and run clock. So it was fine. It just didn't work. And then here's the big play on second and goal, right? First of all, we can't dismiss the fact that what was Trevor doing? Yeah, I, like, I was What was he that. doing? In hindsight, as I looked at this play later, over and over and over, there's a lot of things to dissect. What was if he had thrown a pick on second down? I mean, we would be killing this guy today, and he almost didn't. He probably should have. I don't know what he was looking at, Casey. Uh, as you go back and look at that play, I think it was C.J. Mosley should have picked that off, and it would have been a pick six the other way. Yeah, it was, it was C.J. Mosley. And I look that I I was when he threw the ball. Like even on TV, I was like, oh, like th- th- that was a horrible read. Like I I get that you probably don't want to throw it away there, and Marvin's your go-to guy. I get that, but. Good night. And that was that would have been huge mistake number three. The, two of the others are probably going to get overlooked that we'll talk about later. But holy cow, like I, the, the run is a great play. I get that. But that read alone was brutal. And like I said, I know you don't want to throw it away, but sometimes you got to. Yeah, you got to live. Listen, you've got to utilize all four downs. And that's what we're going to get to as a problem here, right? I mean, you want four cracks at the end zone if the time and clock allow. Again, you ran the ball once. That hurt you. You burned the timeout because of an injury. That hurt you. Or time might not be an issue. But time was an issue here. And especially, you know, coming up, we're going to talk about this third and one and fourth and one. If they had time, they actually could have QB snaked or or ran the ball potentially if those two previous things hadn't happened in terms of the timeout and the running play. Uh, so the second, all right, bad, bad read by Trevor Lawrence. Got lucky or we'd be hammering him. Uh, and somehow uh, this football team can't catch anything all year. It's 31 drops now, and it feels like it's 131. And Marvin Jones catches that ball. And we're like, okay, time's running. You got, you, Everybody's in a hurry. And it doesn't hit me until somebody tweets me later on. They should have reviewed it, Casey. Yeah. Like, that was a touchdown potentially. I don't want to call it. It was definitely. But the angles I saw, it was probably a touchdown. I don't think, I don't know if they would have had enough evidence, depending on how many angles they had. But you've got to review that play. Somebody's got to stop that quick enough. And they didn't. Yeah, I it's it, I didn't even realize it either until after the fact I was in the same 
kind of mindset everybody was like you got to you got first of all the ball didn't get picked off holy crap and then you have to get up to the line and do something but i'm like looking at it right now frame by frame and even on the broadcast there was no like oh they should look at that it was like oh okay you know you got to get up and spike the ball Every, everyone was thinking the same thing so i it, the view that everybody has seen obviously and daryl bevel said he hadn't seen yet but from the broadcast it looks like it's an obvious touch it obvious maybe not but he's in the end zone it looks like when he catches the football from the above angle so if you're the nfl what are you doing you're supposed to have somebody watching on the field i get there's a lot going on sure but there's there's an eye in the sky that can stop it what are you doing did you just not tune in because it's jags jets i get that okay fair enough but what are we doing here yeah and listen i will say this let me give them one line of defense because we're about to hammer the Jags and the coaching staff and everybody else for not being prepared as the next play goes on and not having a little bit more of a plan, instead kind of panicking. And maybe the officials did too. I will say if you go, they have to spot the ball, and, and like I said, eye in the sky can certainly help here, but there's not a lot of time to even maybe see a replay there because they're hurrying up to the, to the line. So that would be my only line of defense for the NFL. But, but I'll say this. Not only was it probably a touchdown, but you can make the case it was a terrible spot. There's no doubt it was closer to the goal line than the one-yard line. Oh, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> right. inside the one at a minimum. And, and then, I, I mean, I don't know if that bring if it's on the one-inch line or two-inch line, does that bring a sneak or something into play? It could. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, bad read, bad throw by Trevor, bad officiating by the NFL. That's why you are there. That's why you have this in place. That's You have control of the final two minutes. When in doubt, check it out. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I might just create a slogan for the NFL officiating team. Yeah. When in doubt, check it out. Hey, that's a T-shirt opportunity that I'm here. T-shirt opportunity for NFL officiating. I want credit. Uh, but they should have done that. Now, what my guess is they don't want to interrupt game flow because what it does is a, essentially gives the Jags an extra timeout. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and so, like, you're stopping the clock. But it's such a pivotal play. That has to win the day there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the football game. Like, I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously you would love, if you're the Jags, to even look at it, even if it's not close. Because you get the stoppage and all that, and the Jets would be losing their minds and all that. But, look, you got to, you have to stop that. I don't, I, it's, it's just hard to believe that someone gets paid money to do their job and they can't do it. And if you don't see the angle on the replay, I, I mean, I guess, but when you have anything on the one yard line or inside with the game on the line, you have to at least stop it and consider it. Okay, so now we have the clock ticking. Uh, this happened at 29 seconds. The play went off. Now you're talking about 16 seconds until they spike the ball. And this is where they no doubt panicked. Uh, and I said it. I said they spike like in real time. I was like, don't spike the ball. Like I knew what they were doing. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Get a play. Just just run something. I talked to some a former coach or two in the NFL in the last couple of days, and there is there's usually a play when you're in panic mode at any time of the game in any package that you can run to beat the clock or whatever. And I don't know if the Jags don't have one. Uh, that's been lost in translation with the coaching and play calling changes. If they don't want to put it on the young quarterback, at the very least, I thought the NFL operates this way in a, hey, now that the clock stopped on first down with 30 seconds to go, we're going to give you two plays offense 
just in case something goes awry here, bad snap, whatever, and you have to hurry up. And it's like they didn't do that. Did they not do that because of the young QB? Did they not do that because it's bad coaching? Like, I don't know. I think that's pretty elementary football to run two plays in there. And the second one can be very simplistic just to at least get a play off. So you utilize all four downs. Uh, I And this goes back to a problem I've had with the staff for the entire year. They do not appear to be thinking ahead. They do not appear to be two or three plays in front of everybody else. And I just feel as a play caller or a coach or a head coach, you have to be that way. Like, you have to know you're calling this play to hopefully set up that play and maybe even two plays down the road in these kind of situations. I call it panic. I think the young QB panicked a little bit. I think the offensive guys panicked a little bit. I think the coaching staff panicked a little bit. And that was evident because they spike it on third and one, and then they set up a fourth and one. And, and so if you're going to do all that and you stop the clock with 12 seconds to go, why is the young quarterback hurrying to snap the football with three, two, one left on the game clock, play clock, and you can't line up right? They'd actually lined up right all game, Casey. Like, they didn't have any of these issues. It's an accomplishment. Let's get him a trophy. Uh, and, and, they, and on the most critical of plays, they see, and this is what you don't know and, and we don't know. Okay, did they get the play in in time? Did they... Did Trevor miscommunicate it in the huddle? Did some of these guys on offense understand it wrong? Like, what happened? And they're not going to sit there and explain that because they'll be throwing people under the bus. Right. But, like, what did happen, I'd love to know on that play because, to me, that's, like, Bevel says it's a communication issue. Well, all right. But you can't have that in late December with a few games to go. You can't. Young quarterback or not. Uh, this is a team that's kind of been playing together now. Guys like Treadwell and Tavon Austin and those guys, listen, they're off the street. I understand it. They're not going to make these huge plays for you like some other receivers in the game uh, today. But they've been playing football for a while. They've been playing in the NFL for a while. They've been around this offense for a while. I think it's inexcusable to spike the ball on third down and then on fourth down get a play call in most likely late and not be able to get lined up properly. So, even if you did execute, you would have had to do it again or game over or whatever. Uh, and it's just a, it was an embarrassing finish uh, to the game. That's how it all went down. I think I think there's a lot of people to blame. I, I, I got to believe there's some fault here on Trevor. It's just really hard to know. Ex- did they give him two play calls? Did they get the play call in late? I put it on the coaches as well because I think the lack of scheme inside the 5- and 10-yard line has been brutal all year long. It was brutal yesterday in that game, including two big fellas going out for a passing route early in the game. Yeah, so there's yeah, a lot of issues. Yeah, I let me ask you this about the last play. If they run the ball, are you upset? Probably, yeah, if I'm being honest. Like, if the Jags run on fourth down, again, they weren't on the one-inch line. That ball was spotted at, like, the one. Right. You know? So, uh, if they if they ran, I would, I'd blast them. I would. And, and here's the thing. When teams do that, first of all, you don't have James Robinson, right? So, you don't have yeah. your best guy. So, I think one, all right, that's out the window. Uh, the, the read option and all the Trevor stuff down near the goal line has not worked well. It worked against Cincinnati one time. They tr- keep trying to go back to the well. They did it a couple times yesterday on first and goal. didn't work uh, on the read option. So what are you going to call? I'd rather spread everybody out, 
drop back, have route options, and give my quarterback who can run and who is long <laughs> the ability to then go dive in the end zone and win the game if he wants to. No, I, yeah, I get. What, I mean, obviously, not having James Robinson plays a huge factor in that, in, in my thinking at least. But the way I look at it is, you just made the worst read you could possibly make in that situation. Yeah. And between the fact that Trevor sometimes not, uh, misses guys, then you have the drops, and then you have on any given play the offensive line just decides not to block. I, I mean, I, I at least think you have to consider running the football. If James Robinson's in the game, I think it's a no-brainer they run. Yeah, but here's the thing, Casey. Here's what I would argue. You've got to be careful. I don't want them calling a game in, in case of what might go wrong. You know, I think that's a bad mentality. Well, that's, that's fair. And, and I also don't want them catering. This is a guy that can make plays. He's, he's, he, he's a talented quarterback. I don't want them catering this thing like you're rolling out Cody Kessler in the situation. You know, yeah. I like. I want him. It, listen, if he's going to learn, he's already learning the hard way. So if if he makes a mistake in that situation and he makes two bad reads and four downs, that's on him. And hopefully he gets better from it. Yeah. So I I just. But again, you are in fairness to what you're saying. You're asking guys that can't win one-on-one routes to win one-on-one routes. Like yeah. in my opinion, you have to run like a rub play or something to create something there. And I just don't see the creativity down near the goal line. I, mean, I watched a Dallas game last night, and I saw Ezekiel Elliott go all the way across the field, and, and then he's wide open. Like, where's that? You could put Tavon Austin in the backfield to start. Yeah. And and then make the a linebacker matchup on him or whatever. You know, you just – listen, these guys know how to be creative. For some reason, I think they, they freeze up inside the red zone. They have all year. This isn't just a yesterday thing. It isn't just an end-of-the-game thing. It's just really magnified because of the situation. It would have been a heck of a moment because I'll tell you what, I thought Trevor Lawrence did a lot of good things yesterday, um, did a lot of good things, and he put him in a position to do it, and, and that's looked like it was happening against the Colts, didn't happen at all against Atlanta, and, and now this one. And, and now you're going to probably go a full season without really getting that confidence of being able to win it when most NFL teams win games, and that's in the last couple of minutes. All right, we're going to take a break. Way long, uh, but uh, that was a lot to get through here on that last drive. What about Trevor? What about Zach Wilson? Uh, did, did any either guy, like, say, hey, I'm glad that's my guy? Do you think the Jets fans, even watching that, like, I wouldn't mind some of those throws from Trevor, or do they like their guy? Let's talk a little bit about the story that really was around this game, and that's the quarterbacks, Wilson and Lawrence, when we come back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 here on a Monday, the last week of 2021. Yeah, we, we've only we've only seen it from um, you know our our copies. I haven't seen the TV copy yet. I don't know what that looks like, but the copies that we have definitely looks like they should at least stop the play, and uh, you know, and, and taking a look at it with with the with the you know we have three views on our on our uh, you know all 22, and uh, yeah, it's it's disappointing that they that they didn't take a look at it. You know, you'd kind of you know, think that they would, um, but we'll you know we'll turn it in and see what they have to say. That is Daryl Bevel, interim head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, I don't think all these coaches are just terrible coaches. I think that's easy for everybody to say, but I will be, I'm just being honest with you. I don't think I've ever criticized the coaching staff as much as I have this one. I I think they've made some obvious blunders. I don't think they're doing a great job with Trevor. Although their offense yesterday moved up and down the field, kind of reminded me of early in the year uh, where it was going up and down. And, and again, I mean, you look at how many times did they even punt yesterday? Not, I don't think many. Of course, they had the fake punt early. Uh, 
you know, but even in question, the first three plays of the game were passing plays. Uh, no established the run with James Robinson. I mean, they, they just outsmart themselves sometimes. And that reminded me of the, the run on the last drive. That's an outsmart yourself play. Like you're trying to pop something and be the smartest guy in the room, in my opinion. And, and, and that doesn't always work, and it usually doesn't work. So um, I think they've done that too many times, although I don't think they're terrible coaches. I think this has not clicked. It has not worked, and I don't think they've done enough with the young quarterback especially. I think special teams is horrendous, so like bad. horrendous. I mean, it's so bad. You know, these last couple of years, if you're going to be bad, you hope special teams can kind of keep things together and you'd be good. All I've heard about these last couple of years is how this team, and this is two different regimes now, how they've stressed special teams and they want special teams to be good and great. And it's been atrocious. It's been an embarrassment. They can't get kickers. They can't cover kicks. I mean, it is unbelievable how bad their special teams is. Like, you can be a bad football team, but you can be halfway decent at special teams. I tell you what, though, you watch the Jags all season. You've seen some pretty exciting plays, not necessarily for your team, but you had Agnew for a couple, and then there's been kick returns. You want to see something exciting on special teams? Jags game. <laughs> uh, I just, I can't, I can't. I mean, back to back. Did you, you saw my tweet, right? Which one? Well, which one? Uh, you saw my tweet about Berrios. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's basically the only guy that can beat you. Yeah. No, it's, I mean... Listen, I, I said to you right before we started, like, he looked like the fastest human being alive. And Yeah, you asked me that uh, before we started the show. Like, it was crazy. I feel like, I know I have, but, like, when, like, Agnew or something, like, when you see kick returns, it feels like there's, like, a little bit and then they're shot out. He just took off and was gone. Now, granted, it helps nobody touched him, but he, yeah, he, he's the only guy that they really have that can make, do something exciting like that, and he, he beat you. He was the only guy that could beat you yesterday. Which is like if you crazy. look at that Jets roster, he's the only guy. Like I wasn't wrong about that. No, and, right. and I actually was afraid of the kicking game more so than him being used on offense. He started to hurt him a little bit on the offense uh, in like one of the in the fourth quarter drive, I think it was, yeah. to go up another field goal. But I mean, it it seriously was like my only concern. I mean, Zach Wilson might make a play or two. Obviously, the run, which he's getting way too much credit for the run. It was a nice escape, and then the run you and I could have ran it in. I mean, it was such bad defense. Yeah. And and then, uh, you know, I mean, listen, they end up – Michael Carter ran the ball. They ran it down their throats. Like, But it still wasn't like, hey, I'm really concerned about Michael Carter. You know, what are we doing here? It was Berrios in the kicking game was the only concern I really had. He's the most dangerous guy on their team. And 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 they kicked it to him, and, and he beat him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he beat him pretty bad. I don't. If you're the Jets, I don't understand – you're without Crowder. Denzel Mims is obviously not good. Uh, he's getting benched for guys that were undrafted. Um, and then Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole's a fine receiver, but the point I'm trying to make is, why do they not make ways to get him the ball more than six times? I think he had six or seven touches on offense. Like, get make it plays around him. Like, he's electric with the football. Or it, it just, you know, jags. But still, he's... He's fast, he's quick, he's shifty. you got to get him the football if you're the Jets. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, I, th I agree. I think they could get him more. He's a mismatch. And not only that, he's a mismatch for the Jags. And this is what I said to you when you asked me, is he really that fast in person or has it looked on TV? And I said, yes, because the Jags are slow. Yeah. Right? I mean, listen, Urban Meyer was right about one thing. They're a slow football team. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't have a lot of speed. Yeah. And so it shows up when you get a guy that's pretty quick. 
and and it showed up on that play especially as he's basically pulling away from everybody but I'm going to get to Trevor and Zach Wilson a little bit, but uh, it, we're just on the coaching and talking about it, and I've been hammering the coaching staff. And again, I, feel, I I don't like doing that because I think it's such a player's game. I really do. I genuinely believe it's a player's game. I've died on hills for coaches around here. I just think this is just in my face so much that it's like these guys, some of the calls, some of the decisions, the inability to look down the road like just like, a quarter of a mile down the road, not like five miles down the road. And what I mean by that is they should have been able to predict what was going to happen when they tried to go for two instead of the extra point. Like, this is what's going to play out in your mind. Are we going to go for two when we have a guy that can't get it to the end zone on a five-yard play that we could actually move the kickoff up and kick it almost out of the end zone? Like, Berrios doesn't return that if they take the penalty, the offsides penalty, on the kickoff. That's interesting. I didn't even, like, until you just said it, it clicked in my head. I had not thought about it the entire time. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so they move it up to go for two. And you know what? If you make the two, I guess. But you still end up giving up seven, so it wasn't worth it. And so you set the, the whole game off schedule because you don't get it. And, by the way, your play calling stinks inside the the, the five anyway. And that one did, too. Yep. I think, I, I think that was the one they gave it to Dare Agumbawale, right? Yes. Again, that's not James Robinson. You give it to James Robinson, he probably plows in there. I mean, what are you doing? And, and you're not moving anybody. You haven't in a while. So, uh, And so if they kick the extra point, I believe, by rule, the offsides penalty would be enforced on the kickoff. Correct, yes. And so, therefore, you're kicking five yards. That's a huge advantage for this team right now. Like, they need that. They, they can hardly get the ball to the end zone. Ironically, they kicked this to the end zone. It was a 103-yard kickoff return. But, again, if you kick it, that would have gone out of the end zone. He wouldn't have returned it. Yeah. And so it's just and, – and I'm listen, I understand. <laughs> you got to be a little careful here, too, because coaches think positive, and they should. They think about what they can do. Hey, we could have gone and got two, Right. We could, we shouldn't give up a 103-yard kick. We got this thing covered. But go back to what I said initially, like at the start of the game, and this is the way they should have come into the game, scouting it. Get the ball out of that guy's hands. Like you don't want the ball in Berrios' hands. He's very good. Yeah. Like this wasn't just a one-off thing. He's a very good player in the return game. And so they <laughs> shouldn't they have a kind of said, all right, whatever we can do to not put it in his hands, all right, let's go get the extra point, let's go kick off, this will help us. Like, I don't understand as a coach or coaches or this myriad of coaches how that – I know you got 10 seconds or 15 seconds to decide these things, but they got to be back in the back of your mind. Like, they got to be, I, I think. And, I mean, hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. Like, if I was a coach listening to me talk about this right now, I'd be like – this guy's out of his mind. Like, like he would have made that decision and thought about this if all this happened and we're going to predict that we don't get the two and we give up seven. Like, I kind of get what they're coming from. But I'll also tell you that the only guy you should have been worried about going into this game was that guy. Yeah. And you let that guy beat you. And everybody tries to take away that guy. That might beat you. So I don't really think it was that hard to say, hey, let's just take our points because points are tough to come by for this football team. <laughs> and then we and we're without James Robinson. And then we'll kick off out of the end zone, and these guys are going to have to drive 75 yards, and they can't do that because their offense sticks. Yeah, uh, it's just like it yeah. just 
I, again, I mean, they made their own bed. But it was a game-changing play. Like, it really was a game. Any time they get momentum, that breathes life, breathes life into a football team, too. Um, I, I just thought that was a – listen, the fake punt worked, so it was good. Honestly, if the fake punt didn't work, I didn't think it was bad because you took the opening kickoff and going three and out would be a bad trendsetter. Yep. Right? So I like it. And, again, it worked. And, but I also think would I have liked it if it didn't work? And I would say, yeah, you know what? I think I would have because I get what they were doing. They're yeah. trying to spark something. And to go three and out is kind of disheartening. Um, but I, I would just say, like, there are p- times of the game where I don't get what they did in that. I, the, the less – if you could have kicked off to Berrios – like the least amount of times I would have worked my hardest to do that. In fact, by the end of the game, I think we we're all saying just kick it out of bounds because every time they kicked it off, it looked like it was going to spring for a touchdown. Yeah, it, it never you never convincingly had them uh, locked up on the kick game, and then you kicked it to Ke- Tevin Coleman one time, and he got it out to like the forty. It, absolutely. And Tevin Coleman, I I had a whole I was like mad about Tevin Coleman for no reason yesterday, but like he was good. And then the 49ers gave up on him, and now he's on the Jets. I never thought – I thought he was a power back. Now he's returning kicks. It's a it's a whole disaster. By the way, fake punt. Uh, they went through – so they went three and out. I got up from the couch, swore at the TV a couple times, and, like, walked into the kitchen, and I clicked on my phone, refreshed Twitter, and I saw your tweet. It was like, fake punt, because my TV's way behind. I was like, what? So I go running back in there, and sure <laughs> enough, what a moment. Thanks, Brent. Hey, b- I missed the whole thing. Listen, if I'm going to crit- criticize, that was a good call. You know why? Because they kept the ball for seven minutes. Now, they, should have, they had first and goal at, like, the two- or three-yard line. They should have scored a touchdown. Yep. But they end up kicking a field goal. But they had it for seven minutes. They start the game off well. They've been terrible at the beginning of games and the beginning of the second half. So, like, uh, that, again, the, the coaching staff was not a disaster the whole day yesterday. But in key moments, like they've been all year, from flea flicker to fourth and one in Cincinnati to these situations yesterday, they were a disaster. Yeah. They really don't do well in the critical clutch moments. And uh, it showed up again. And, by the way, the players don't do too well in those moments either. Uh, All right, more to talk about the Jags, uh, the rest of the NFL. Give me something good. (laughs) There were some good things in that game. So there's plenty to, like, sprinkle in a good thing here or there. We've got some comments on social media. You can do it as well. You can also join us, 904-362-9901. Hope everybody had a nice Christmas. Uh, New Year's just around the corner. Two more games for the Jacksonville Jaguars in uh, this uh, season to forget. We'll be back on ESPN 690. It's, it's disappointing. You walk in the locker room and so you're that close, literally two yards. And, you know, everybody left it out there. It's, it's, it's a bad feeling, but, you know, I'm proud of these guys, the way we fought and had a chance to win. So we got to get better. You know, good teams win those games, and we got to get better. Ah, he said the magic words right there, did Trevor Lawrence. Good teams win those games. Bad teams continue to lose those games that's what happens uh brent martineau along with casey kurtz here on a monday action sports shacks on espn 690 austin lane uh he's like snowboard man that's what he's up to sounds pretty yeah. nice yeah so uh he'll be out this week we'll want to be here monday tuesday wednesday thursday this week and off on uh, new year's eve we'll go to the national guys that day uh so kind of a shorter week to close the year a little bit later on in the week and maybe even each day starting tomorrow take a look at uh, some of the big stories of the year uh, we also do a year-end show on TV. On uh, It'll be Fox 30, 7 o'clock on New Year's Day. Uh, so we'll have that. And, of course, continued coverage of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, including tonight. 
where we will have Jags Report live at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. Uh, Stuart Weber will fill in for my duties. Uh, we'll have a story on James Robinson after his season ends. Uh, really a, a bummer for James Robinson. I mean, just it's got to feel like a lost season for James overall, Casey. I mean, the, the torn Achilles, and that's going to be an injury that will probably take him all the way into next year. That's one of the most difficult recovery injuries there there is yeah it's uh it's just frankly a really horrible situation because james is one of those guys that i i I haven't found anybody yet that isn't a fan of james robinson especially with his story and all that so uh, i think you saw the emotion from him after it happened on the card and that just kind of sums it all up and for a team perspective uh going into next year you're now in a situation where they have to do something at running back because as good as James has been, he is going to be coming off that injury, and obviously ETN with the Liz Frank. So, uh, it it it's just going from bad to worse. Yeah. Yes. All right. So all the negativity, we're going to get into more. But I do want to talk Trevor and Zach Wilson. But I'm going to save it for a little longer segment in a couple minutes. Uh, so hang around for that and I'll, and jump in nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. You can also jump in on this. Give me something good about the Jaguars on Sunday uh, here on ESPN six ninety. Uh, you. Casey, you saw the game, man. I mean, it wasn't all bad. I mean, there were some good moments in that game, uh, both sides of the football, really, that were like, okay, okay, that's pretty cool to see. Finally, I know it's the Jets, but uh, did you have one of those moments? Well, sort of. I thought, in general, on the offensive side, I thought the line with the situation they were in, obviously there's there's plays that take away from this but I thought overall they played well Trevor even said he had a lot of time now granted I've never heard of any of the people that were on the defensive line for the Jets because they were all out but in the grand scheme of things even with Will Richardson I thought the offensive line played decently yeah I tell you what I agree with you I think it was a third and sixth play where they were in an obvious passing situation this was like maybe it was the first it was the second quarter because I was down sitting with the the fam and uh, I was like ah offensive line passing situation didn't do well that moment and then, uh, obviously, when Trevor fumbled. Right. And I think the two-point conversion play. There, so there were, like, three plays that I really noticed the offensive line. But I would say this. On that last drive, they held up, and everybody knew they were, they were throwing the ball. Um, and and they, they did a pretty good job overall. You, you're right. I mean, they're going against basically, like, like a preseason roster. Yeah. You know? But they did do a pretty good job. And, and so I'll give them that, you know? Um, here, here's what... The thing that I saw today, and I kind of put this out on a tweet, uh, or yesterday, I thought the play by Shaq Quarterman yeah. uh, near the goal line was huge at the time, right ends up forcing a field goal, or the game's over. It doesn't even give the Jags a chance. So I thought that was a big-time play by Shaq. It was a good play. I also thought, you know, I really I, – the football IQ on this team drives me nuts. But Daria Gumbawale, when he got the pass in the middle of the field, gets to the sideline, and then – the NFL has this weird thing where if you're being pushed back, they'll keep the clock rolling even if you go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And he dove forward to make sure he got out of bounds. That was a heads-up play, like a little nuanced thing. That was a really heads-up play. So I saw those two things, even though, listen, their defense wasn't good overall. I give credit to Shaq there. And, and you know, their football IQ is terrible, though I thought it was pretty good by Dare there. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence Haver says, haven't seen a Jag safety break on the ball the way Cisco did on the near interception in years. That was a hell of an effort, man. I thought he caught it. You know what? I think they would have given it to him if they had called the interception on the field. Yes, I agree. Because I, 
I didn't think they were going to overturn it, but I just watching it, I thought his hands were under it. It moved a little bit, but I thought his hands were under it. Let's get to a couple other ones. Cisco tackle on the goal line prevented the touchdown as well. He did. He had a big hit. He also had another big hit later in the game. He's just not playing enough. Uh, another thing, that's head scratching. Don't get it. Uh, 2022 is my year. <laughs> that's the handle. It says Trevor Lawrence scramble. I thought he was going to score. Uh, again, we talked about that earlier. Uh, Tony says Trevor scramble at the end. Will Richardson's accidental touchdown. Yep, that was kind of fun. Uh, General of Duval says Cisco almost dividing interception, blocked field goal, and a big tackle on a goal line. Uh, uh, I think he meant diving interception. Uh, let's see. Uh, even though uh, Laquan Treadwell dropped it in the end zone, it was nice to see Trevor Lawrence finally throw an accurate pass downfield. Metal World Crazy said that. Uh, Dewey survives as Trevor scramble on the last drive. He thinks going out of bounds was the correct decision. So there's a couple of plays. I will say this about Trevor. Uh, did you think it's hard sometimes when we're in the press box? Did you think Treadwell should have caught that ball in the end zone? Or was it a nice play by the defense? It looked like his hand was in there. Again, like to your point, come back to the football and make yes. a play for the receiver. Yes. I think that's the more of the argument because it looked like, and they didn't really have a great view of it that I saw, but it looked like his arm was in between the ball and Treadwell. So it's hard for me to say drop, but I think good receivers make the play. Um, all right. Uh, that's, I agree with you, by the way. And Ty actually said a nice, a, a right thing, too. He tried to catch it with his body. Go catch it. Yeah, oh, right? abso absolutely. And, yeah. and then Trevor, I thought, should have hit Austin in the back of the end zone, you know. But I'm telling you guys, if, you, if a guy throws it 40 times in a game, he's going to miss people. Yeah. Like, but every time he misses somebody, we're like, I can't believe it. This guy's a generational quarterback. Like, I watched every quarterback in the league miss guys yesterday. Yeah, that's fair. The it first just, throw to Treadwell, too, though, was he, I mean, if you lead Treadwell in the, fir the first drive, I think it was, where they got the pass interference. Oh, yeah, yeah. You gotta, well, they got I the mean, pass interference, though. You either throw it long and hit him on the numbers, or you throw it short and create that play. You that's, know? Just, that's fair. It just looked like there was something there if he leads him. Uh, by the way, Jags are about to get a whole bunch of guys on the COVID list. I'll tell you all about it when we come back. Uh, it should be coming out at 4 o'clock. So that's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be back. Mm -hmm. 